0: hey everyone welcome to the podcast this is tatum and this is lily welcome to ghost buddies in this podcast we talk about different paranormal adventures across the u.s don't forget to follow this podcast for new episode every week hello everybody and welcome to the season one finale episode we are so happy that we could make it this far and we cannot wait until season two We are super thankful for each and every one of you listening, and we hope you are excited for what's next. If you didn't catch the last episode where we explained what the end of the season is, this is how it will work. After this episode, we are going to be taking a few-week break. Which is perfect because the end of the school year is coming off
1: and we have exams and finals and just... All this crazy stuff going on, so a break is very much needed.
0: During this break, we will be editing a bloopers episode from season one. We're not exactly sure how long it'll take to make, so we are not going to give a season two release date right now. Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Lily, and today's topic is the Trans Alany Lunatic Asylum in West Virginia. In the 1800s, asylums were like prisons. They were overcrowded and had terrible care. Until a man named Thomas Kirkbride completely rewrote the mental health system. He was a doctor who went on to found the American Psychiatric Association. He said multiple times that to help with mental health, the hospitals needed fresh air, plenty of windows, 12-foot-tall ceilings, and strong ventilation throughout. These ideas were life-changing for mental hospitals across the entire country. Hospitals would be way
1: worse if this guy didn't, like, speak up and say something. Yeah. You know, because if they were, like, prisons before, if he did nothing, like, they would still be, like, prisons.
0: It was because of these ideas that the Trans-Algeny Lunatic Asylum was created. Construction started in 1858 and fully ended in 1881. Construction took, like, forever because the building is the second largest hand-cut stone masonry building in the world. And the first largest in America. Wow. That may not mean much to you, but just know this building's huge. Even though the asylum is huge, it originally was designed to hold only 250 patients. The asylum was built in such a way so that patients could thrive there. Windows for natural light, and each patient got their own room. There was also a working farm and dairy farm, and the property had a water well, a gas well, and a cemetery. Pretty much everything you could need on the property. That's
1: pretty impressive.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. In 1881, the mental health diagnosis skyrocketed, and back then, if you got diagnosed, you almost always ended up in an asylum or hospital. The asylum was housing over 700 patients, which is double the original capacity. As more and more people needed help, staff couldn't keep up with patient care, and it was getting worse. Rooms that were meant to hold only one patient ended up holding five or six. The farm and dairy farm originally made to provide food for 300 people was now trying to provide food for over 700. Since the patient number kept climbing, patients began to get less and less food, so they were often malnourished or even starved. This made patients' mental illnesses 10 times worse.
1: Wouldn't you, like, if you knew the numbers were climbing, like, I feel like you would have some time in there to where you could, you know, buy some more cows or expand your garden or build on an extra part to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't have to be fancy. Like, you could probably just, like, expand a little bit. Like, why did they not do anything? They just let it overflow like that? Yeah, I or don't like know. say like hey, we can't take any more patients. Like we've recommended this hospital and like move them somewhere else. Like
2: Exactly.
0: By 1938, the asylum housed six times more patients than planned. The patients practically ran the place and because the staff members couldn't handle it anymore, the patients were running wild and and everyone that could help the issue gave up and let the patients and employees suffer. In 1950, the hospital was holding over 2,500 patients when it was originally only supposed to hold 250 patients. That is 10 times more. That's
2: outrageous.
0: That's like, at this point, it's like 10 people living in your bedroom.
2: Mm-hmm. Because these rooms can... were small.
0: Yeah. I would say I have a decent-sized bedroom, and I can barely comfortably fit two people. I can't even fathom what that would be like. Me neither. During this time, the hospital began trying experimental treatments. A surgeon named Walter Freeman had come to the hospital to try and help the patients. He performed over 4,000 surgeries, often leaving patients with terrible physical damage. He had a thing called an ice pick method, where he would slip a thin pointed rod into the patient's eye socket. The rod looked like an ice pick. He would then use a hammer or mallet to sever the connected eye tissue that connected to the brain. This is absolutely terrible and resulted in many deaths or leaving people like a vegetable pretty much. Why would anyone think that's a good idea? Ever. A reporter from the Charleston Gazette sent in a crew to investigate the asylum and the terrible things that happened there. They found patients sleeping on cold floors with no furniture at all to provide any comfort. The rooms were all freezing because there was no heat sources anywhere. The entire building was absolutely disgusting because the staff just gave up cleaning. The huge windows were covered in dirt and dust.
1: And, I mean, with the windows and stuff, how they're so big, like, them being dirty and gross, that would make it even colder because, like, no light would be able to get in at all. Like, that would just make it so much worse. Like, they just kept neglecting things to where it was kind of, like, a domino effect of, like, everything wrong happening, you know, because they just did so bad. Like, it was good in the beginning. Like, why would they let it get to this point?
0: People are cheap. The wallpaper was peeling the patient's manic state. They had also peeled off the majority of the wallpaper. The patient care was worse than the reporters had ever seen. Patients were uncontrollable. Some of them were even locked up in cages because they wanted to free up rooms for patients who could possibly recover. The ones that had to stay there for a long time were treated like animals. When the article about the hospital was published, the place was almost shut down. People threw protests to try and stop them. No matter how hard they tried, it wasn't until many, many years later, in 1994, when the asylum closed for good. 1994? That is ridiculous. That's not even that long ago. And what's very weird is that no one is quite sure what happened to the patients when the building closed. We don't know if they were transferred, let go, or left for dead. The building's rooms were still filled with medical equipment, broken furniture, and wheelchairs. Everyone feared going into the building, so it wasn't vandalized as much as you'd think. Then... In 2007, the building was bought by Joe Jordan, and he made the hospital open for tours to raise money for restoration. There are, I believe, two tours during the day and one tour at night.
2: I mean, that's good that someone cares enough to at least try. Yeah. Things that
0: have happened while people were visiting this creepy place. Many people that come here, especially at night, are ghost hunters, but some people that don't believe in ghosts change their minds as soon as they walk into the door. Let's just say some people will take one look and then apologize to the spirits because they had endured this torture in a place where they were supposed to be getting help. A few children were born at the hospital, so there was a little nursery and playroom for the children. The door had multiple locks on it so the children were safe from the wild patients. Sometimes people would even forget about the children, like they were tucked away so that they wouldn't get food or proper care. Most of the children ran away from the asylum as soon as they could. One child by the name of Lily passed away in the hospital. Her death was world unknown, but realistically anything could have happened to her. If you walk into the old playroom, you sometimes can hear her say her name. People leave toys for Lily to play with sometimes, and she will move them around to show appreciation.
1: Why wouldn't they try to, like, track down a different family member or, like, the kids' dads or something? Like, there had to have been someone, or, like, put them in, like, an orphanage. Like, even that would be better than having to grow up, like, in an asylum like that like we know it's terrible and obviously these kids probably don't have these mental illnesses so like why wouldn't they try and get them out like I understand when they're like baby babies like to keep them with the mother or whatever but like why did they have to run away like I feel like they could have done something different
0: A man by the name of Jesse is known to still be lingering. While bathing one day, he had a heart attack, and many people believe it is because of all the experimental medication he was on. He died from that heart attack, and he lingers in the bathroom that he passed in. Oh. People say they hear running water in the tub, but there is obviously no reason why the water would be on. This is said to be Jesse. There was a man who was brutally murdered, By his numerous roommates. Instead of the workers trying to stop the attack. They just let him scream in pain until he died. They even left his body for days after he died. People say they can hear him scream. His gut-wrenching scream whenever they walk by the room. But if you ask anyone else in your group. They didn't hear a thing.
1: That's brutal. To just let him like be killed in there helping like there would have to have been at least like a few like security guards or something someone could have helped
0: there were two investigators who went into a room haunted by a man named jim james this is a direct quote from the investigators julia and i set up in a room allegedly haunted by a spirit named jim james we placed a mag light on the floor and asked jim to turn it on a few beats passed, and then it came on, by itself. I offered Jim a cigarette to turn it back off. It went dark. Those are some things that have happened, but in general, people hear screaming, slamming doors, and the footsteps all the time. Workers have counted 70 different spirits in the building because they all do different things, and many of them have been recorded saying their name. Workers and people say they get touched by and even pushed by spirits often. Some of the ghosts are nice and say hello or goodbye whenever the workers leave or enter a room. Some other spirits will run up behind you and then stop just to scare you. Oh,
2: that's terrifying. Yeah.
0: This is a must-see paranormal spot. If you like that sort of stuff. There are plenty of tours that you can take during the night and day. You definitely need to go online and look at these pictures of this place. It's like so creepy. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Like always, our links are in the description below. See you in season two. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Ghost Buddies. If you want to follow our personal social medias, you can find me on TikTok. My username is MyRatties. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. My username is tatomildcat 123 We hope you have a great day.